1: We are in a celebratory mood here on Locked On Magic. Congratulations to our guys, Orlando City. I pulled the wrong side. Orlando City Soccer, U.S. Open Cup champions. What a great night in Orlando. What a great, great night. It's the night before I leave on vacation. Uh, We're going to finish up our, our, we're going to do part two of our Twitter spaces. We'll do part three uh, on Friday. it's, 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 It's time. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 7th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossmanich. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Germany and Franz Wagner finish up group play. They'll be in second place in the group. I talk, we'll talk a little bit about what they and more specifically what Franz has achieved and what's still left to do as Eurobasket hits the knockout stage. Plus, we're going to celebrate a little bit as Orlando City wins the U.S. Open Cup, and we'll hit the, hit part two of our Twitter spaces uh, from Tuesday as well. But before we do end that, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Ooh, there goes my voice. Um, as well as... Um, as well as all the NFL teams too, as the NFL gets ready to pick up as well. Check them out wherever you download podcasts, just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, it it is a good thing this episode is mostly recorded because, uh, my voice is a little bit shot right now. Uh, I'm just coming home from the Orlando City game. I purposefully did that because I wanted to celebrate with all of you guys and celebrate uh, on the podcast. Um... I know this is an Orlando Magic podcast. I know uh, many of you are not from the Orlando area, um, may not really even care about MLS, but uh, this is a this is a big deal for the city of Orlando. Um, you know, I, I've been an Orlando City fan um, since they arrived from Austin. Sorry, Austin, you guys got your team. The Austin FC is awesome. Um, since they arrived and, and really kind of took this city by storm, um, and. You know, I've always been curious what the Magic's relationship is is to them. Uh, Publicly, they've always said a rising tide lifts all boats. They've been very outwardly supportive of Orlando City and all the success that they've had, from winning in the USL Pro to jumping into MLS to making the playoffs the last two years. But nothing compares to the title that they just brought home. Um, If you're not familiar, the US Open Cup is... A more than 100-year-old single-elimination tournament uh, between all the professional soccer teams in the United States. So it's not just MLS; it's USL Pro and it's all the lower divisions too. In fact, this year a USL Pro team made the final. Sacramento Republic FC. Shout out to shout out to our friends at Locked On Kings. I'm sure they're talking about it and a little despondent too. But um, but uh, uh. This is a real this is a really big tournament. It's a really fun tournament. Um the winner gets some money league. Think the UEFA Champions League except for North and Central American teams. Um and it's just a fun tournament where it does really feel like anything can happen. Um, and Orlando City advanced through the tournament. They won twice on penalty kicks to get to this point to a sold out Explorer Stadium here in downtown Orlando uh, and to, the chance to celebrate winning a championship and winning a trophy. Um you know, I, I am a big believer. I agree with the NBA's idea of having a single elimination tournament. I am a big believer of you should have different layers of competition. Um, you should have different layers of uh, of championships and, and of the way uh, that you can win. Um, the regular season is a different animal than the playoffs. You'll hear me say that a lot. I'm a big believer in rewarding teams for the different layers of competition that happen throughout the course of the season. In soccer, it's much more natural. Um, it's much more accepted in soccer to have this mid-season tournament. You know, I've had to explain to some American fans that this is not abnormal. This is what soccer does. Um, but this is a really cool thing. Anytime you win a championship, it's fun and it's a blast. And, and, and I congratulate Orlando City. I congratulate all the fans, uh, especially on the wall who brought who brought it today. Uh, the only bad part about tonight's game: a three-nil victory, two goals from Facundo Torres. Another goal from Orlando's own Benji Michel. Um, All of them just fantastic. My only regret tonight was that they did not score a goal in the first half when they were go- scoring on the goal in front of the wall. They brought the energy tonight. All of Orlando brought the energy tonight, but they brought the energy especially. They've been bringing the energy forever. If you watched that NYCFC game a few weeks ago, it, it was in a freaking monsoon. Uh, and they somehow played and they somehow won that game. Um, there's still a little bit of season left. Orlando City season te- ends about the time that the Magic season begins. Um, so they're in their playoff stretch run. They're currently fifth in the Eastern Conference. They're o- they're on pace to make the playoffs, but they're bringing home a trophy. They are champions today uh, and champions for the year, and they get to play in the Champions League. Uh, and, and it's it's really really awesome. And you know, I'm a big believer in Orlando sports. Uh, this is to me the podcast of record in Orlando. There's great Orlando City podcast. The podcast. Um, that's P-A-W-E-D from the mainland, um, is fantastic. Uh, I believe this Orlando Soccer Journal also does a podcast as well. Um, there are great podcasts. I can tell you the ins and outs of what this title means uh, and, and, and what exactly happened. I don't know if you care about this, but I just want to say at the top of this show how big this was for Orlando, how much this meant for Orlando, and uh, just... What a blast it was to celebrate a championship, to have a championship game back here. A game that felt big. I mean, kudos to U.S. Soccer as well for making this game feel big minus the fact that it was on ESPN+. This should have been on ESPN proper or at least on one of the 17,000 ESPN channels they have. But um, other than that, this game felt big. It felt worthy of the trophy. Orlando City put on a great performance, winning 3-0 and bringing Orlando a much-needed championship. Um, As I said after the game... Just think what this is going to be like when Orlando Orlando is competing for the MLS Cup. Just think about what this is going to be like when UCF's in the college football playoff. Just think what this is going to be like when the Magic are back in the finals. Um, this city is hungry to cheer for a winning team, is hungry for championships, and they got one tonight. So I hope everyone's able to celebrate a little bit. I know I am. Uh, I, you could probably tell I'm a little hoarse. And, I'm I'm giddy. I'm excited um, because this was this was a, a fantastic win and a fantastic moment. For the city of Orlando, again, you could find more about it. Uh, the mainland is a great resource for you know, Orlando city coverage if you're interested in learning more about our Lions here in central Florida. Um, that's mainland, M-A-N-E, like a Lions, because they're, 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 their logo's a Lion. Um, let's uh, close at least the live part of this by talking a little bit about Franz Wagner. Um, there isn't much to say about Germany's win over Hungary today. Um, it— Germany won by 40 points. I think it was 106-61, something like that. They sat Dennis Schroeder. They sat Daniel Theist. Their spot in the knockout round was assured, was clinched. They had nothing to play for. Franz Wagner only played the first half. He still scored 15 points in 12 minutes. Um, Without Schroeder out there, without Theis out there, they did turn to him. There's definitely an emphasis to kind of get him going and get him back into the swing of things after he missed out on... After he struggled against Slovenia, um, but Germany took care of their business. They will play Montenegro on Saturday in the knockout round, in the round of 16 of EuroBasket in Berlin. Um, you know, I, I have to say um, a Germ- You know, I have to say this: um, this tournament for Germany, even though it was a home tournament, this tournament for Germany, at least by my estimation, maybe I have it wrong. German fans yell at me and say, "Oh no, we, we expected this, we knew this." Um, my outside observation on Germany is that Germany is a, a program in transition. Um, they made the Olympics last year for the first time since 2008, since Dirk Nowitzki retired um, from international basketball. Um, and, and it was a big breakthrough for them. Um, to be able to get back to the Olympics was was just a huge step for this team and a huge step for this program and a huge step for this group's development. Uh, they needed that validation. They needed that surety to... to to kind of continue building and growing what they have here. Um, But, of course, that's kind of where this program's at. It's kind of at a bridge. Um, And and, and I think what they expected from Eurobasket was to continue seeing this bridge get built, to continue seeing this group go from a promising young group into a team that can compete at the highest levels, at the highest levels of tournament basketball, intercontinental basketball. Um, and I think, at least my expectation when I saw this, was like, yes, this is still Dennis Schroeder's team. Franz Wagner is going to be playing the rookie, and he's going to have some moments, and he's going to have to kind of feel his way through things, but this is really a, a moment for him to just get accustomed and used to the European basketball, to the international basketball, to FIBA basketball, to, to, to a different kind of brand to play, and, and a different role, just to be plopped in a different role and see how he reacts. For Germany, in my opinion, getting out of the group was not assured. They were in the group of death. Group B was a murderer's row. Uh, Slovenia is a favorite to win the championship. France is a perennial favorite to win the championship. Um, Bosnia and Herzegovina and Lithuania are both solid veteran teams. Germany is kind of the new kid on the block. You know, Dennis Schroeder is great at the international level and, and, and absolutely should be the creator for this team, but... We know in the NBA what his limitations are, and they didn't have a lot of NBA talent around them. That doesn't mean they don't have talent. Obviously, it's it's Eurobasket's a little bit different, but uh, and the NBA basketball doesn't mean you, being in the NBA does not mean that you are the best um, by any means. But um, but it it definitely felt like Germany was going to have to scrap to get out of the group. And, and for me, what I thought their goal ultimately would be was to get out of the group. And win a game in the knockout round. Get to the quarterfinals would be a dream. Sitting here at the end of group play, Germany finishing four and one with the only loss to Slovenia, and Luka Doncic is just on another level right now. Put put money on him to be MVP, folks. Um, Germany sitting at four and one, that now seems pretty certain that they're going to advance. This is a team that is looking toward its future. And is seeing it crystallize very, very clearly. And and nowhere is that future more crystallized than with Franz Wagner. Than with what Franz has done. Yes, he struggled against Slovenia and, and, and Germany couldn't get him the ball. But throughout this tournament so far, Franz has been aggressive. He's been assertive. He's been confident. But he's been within the team. And he has helped boost this team from... A nice hometown story, and and, and hometown energy certainly boosted them as well. He's gone from a nice hometown story, a nice hometown boosted team, to Germany has a real chance to upset someone and make things happen. Germany, all of a sudden, shouldn't be thinking about just getting to the quarterfinals. That's the minimum now. But the way that they played, with the way that they've responded... Montenegro is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. They don't have Nikola Vucevic for this tournament. They should beat Montenegro. They survived Group B and, and frankly, dominated it in a lot of ways outside of Slovenia. And yes, Lithuania toward the end of that game, but they they look like they belong. And they look like they will be a force or will be a, a very dangerous and difficult team to deal with as they continue to grow, as... As, uh, as Lowe continues to get better, as Franz continues to get better, as Johannes Thiemann and Johanna and, 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 and their other players continue to get better. They have some nice veterans in Theiss and, Theis and, and Schroeder, Schroeder, but very, very soon, as the German magazine puts it, this is going to be Franz Wagner's team. He is the face of the next generation. And if his play and the way this Germany team is surprising and really getting the crowd in in their home country to respond to them, this is going to be a team that has a lasting impact on this on this basketball program. And if this is the beginning of what Germany is going to look like as Franz Wagner continues to develop and grow and take the leadership roles here on the German national team, Germany is going to be very, very good, very, very soon. And that means Franz Wagner is going to be very, very good, very, very soon. Because ultimately the lesson that we're taking out of this and why we're putting so much focus on this is that we're watching Franz Wagner grow up in front of our eyes. We're watching him get better every single night. And we're all excited to see him play in Orlando, taking what he learned here in Eurobasket back to the States. Again, tip offer, Germany will be at noon Eastern time on Saturday against Montenegro. We'll have coverage of that on Orlando Magic Daily, or, or, or eventually, it, it may not be live. It's Saturdays, my kind of busy day on my vacation day, on my vacation, but um, we will chat a little bit about Eurobasket results. We'll kind of wrap those up uh, at the end of next week um, since uh, our next two episodes, our next our episodes next week, will be pre recorded um, as well. We're going to get back to our Twitter spaces coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bars. If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. You've heard me say it over and over and over again this week because the ad reads are all Bilt Bar this week. So let me introduce you again to Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks right on top, and of course they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just keep them for yourselves. You know, that's, that's, that's cool with me too. Like all Built bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 1% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty too. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light fluffy texture. It is so good. I can say this very truthfully. I had one earlier today. I'm going to have one again tomorrow. What's great about Bilt is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just a quick bite. Bilt is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Bilt bar. Go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code Locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. When we come back, we will be back in our Twitter spaces from Tuesday as we chat a little bit more about the Orlando Magic.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time.
1: I'm going to go ahead and uh, move on, though, uh, to our next uh, speaker request, uh, Spaceman. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't think I should say that last part, um, but uh, uh, Spaceman, uh, when, once uh, he you connect here, how you doing, man? Yo, everybody can hear me? Yep, I can hear you. What's up? All right. First off, man, shout out to Orlando Magic, just because right now, it's, it's, it's
2: as if there's a light at our tunnel. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Because we've been in we've been in the dark for so long. I've been I've been through I've been since Donald Royale was on our squad, you know what I mean? So
1: Shout I've out to Donald Royale.
2: Yeah, he was doing his thing. Uh I've seen these dark days, but we were really turning the corner to the point now where I'm I'm an irrational fan. <laughs> all right? I, I heard you, you know, you were on the fence. You didn't want to say how many wins and stuff. I'm telling people we're making the playoffs this year.
1: Look I right? Look, I, the, don't don't let me don't let me be. You know, I'm I'm a journalist. I'm a I'm a pragmatist. At the end of the day, don't let me talk you out of them making the playoffs. There, this team can definitely make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. This team has the talent to make the playoffs.
2: Everybody's healthy. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm really, really, truly wondering what Jonathan Isaac is going to be like coming back after being gone for sixteen years. Um, I wonder if he still remembers how to play ball. Can he, can he at least play defense at the level that he was playing defense before? His shot looks a lot better uh, from, the, from the little clips that I've seen of him working out. I mean, you know, we can't hold too much weight in that. Um, I think my outlier is Cole Anthony because of how inefficient he was last year. Um, I'm hoping he steps up. What are you, what are you thinking about Cole? Because that's my, that's my biggest question mark right now for us. Not Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs showed enough flashes of his defense to let me know he's he is a true combo guard. Once he becomes a little bit better with his shot, he'll be great this year. Um, next to next to next to Kell and Franz. Yeah, but Cole Anthony. What are you thinking of for him this year? What do you think? Yeah, is, is,
1: I'm. I'm is actually. There? I'm act. I'm actually planning on doing a, a much longer dive into Cole Anthony. Um, uh, next on on a podcast for next week. Um. Uh, But I'll I'll preview that a little bit here. You know, I I do think that this is a pretty big prove-it year for Cole Anthony. Um, And again, it's not that we don't... It's not that we don't like him as a player, but I I agree with you that the inefficiency... um, You know, some of that was forced on him. Like, he had to be the leading scorer. He had to be the leading creator for this team um, because they just didn't have a lot else. You you know what I mean? Um, They just didn't have a lot else to to, to work with. Um, And so... Cole suddenly had to carry this massive, massive weight. And 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 he did really well with it early on in the season. Um but I think his defense has adjusted, his defense has kind of put pressure put pressure on him. You kind of just saw that, you know, A, he's not a number one scorer. And and I think that's like the big question facing Cole Anthony right now is Can he be a secondary scorer, secondary playmaker? You know, can he be a true point guard as as a distributor? And he got a lot better with his passing last year. His defense got a lot better, but there's obviously still a long way to go. And honestly, like Cole Anthony is as honest with himself as he is with everyone else. He probably knows this. I'm probably not saying anything that he doesn't know already. Um, The big question I have, though, is if Markel Fultz is going to be the starting point guard, um, and, you know, Gary Harris or Jalen Suggs eventually will be that two guard, or someone else will be that two guard. A lot of us think that Cole Anthony can be a sixth man, Uh, and and that's an area where he can be a little bit more ball-dominant, his inefficiency won't be as pronounced, and he'll be going up against other bench players, and I think he'd be a high-level bench player, but that's a role that he has to accept. It's a role he's never played before in his life. Um, He's supposed to play it for the Magic uh, his rookie year, but when Marco Foltz got hurt seven games into the season, he was suddenly the starting point guard all over again, so... You know, I, I, I think that that's... I think you're right. You know, Cole Anthony faces a lot of questions this year and, and honestly just has a lot to prove because, you know, he's midway through his rookie contract now. You got to start thinking about what happens beyond now. How much are you willing to pay him? How much is he worth to you as a contract? And, you know, again, if he if he's not a starting point guard, you don't want to break the bank for him. Magic have done a really good job keeping their cap room open, but they're going to have to start paying these guys Pretty soon here, uh, within the next two three years, um, if if he's not a starting point guard, can he be a sixth man? And and, and I think that's going to be kind of the ongoing storyline for him this uh, this season. Is can he be a sixth man? Can he be the guy that leads that bench unit? And, and and if he can, then things are really good. And 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 you know some again some of that inefficiency doesn't matter as much off the bench as it would with the starting group. Um, but if he can't. Then you got to really ask yourself, what is he in the NBA, and and, and that changes a lot of the questions that you, that you have about him. So, you know, I think I think you're spot on to say like, what is Cole Anthony? Like I said, this is this is a season where you're going to be learning a lot about these guys and about where those puzzle pieces fit. Uh, to to continue that metaphor, um, Cole Anthony is one of those puzzle pieces that you got to figure out. You know where he goes, where he goes uh, at the end of the day.
2: What about uh, uh what about Chuma? Because he was also rather inefficient. When I'm thinking of
1: I'm, I'm thinking of the second unit that's going to be coming in. Yeah,
3: we basically know who's going to be the starting five,
2: right? And and the starting five basically looks like studs. I think we're just because Gary Harris got injured, he would have been the starting shooting guard, but now we're going to have Suggs doing it, right? I feel like he'll be okay in that role. Probably Franz at three, uh, Paolo or Jonathan. I don't. I don't see them giving Jonathan the starting position. No, me neither. I mean,
1: Not this year, at least. So. All over under the four, and then you got Wendell at five. Right, that's yep. a solid. That's a solid starting five. I
2: don't care what the numbers are saying or how bad they think the team
1: is, just because they don't play. Attention They're just young. Exercise. They're just young. Like that's that's right. a that's a super talented five. They're just young. <laughs> so then, but but
2: it's 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 our core. It's our it's that second unit that's coming in. Can Cole Anthony, like you were saying, lead the squad? What is Chuma doing? Because he didn't look good last year at all. He had maybe a couple of flashes of some D, but. Other than that, I feel like his shooting really fell off, and sometimes he did just look lost on the court. Did, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I think, I think that a, I think one of the problems that Chuma had is it, it's it really you know I think this goes overlooked. Being injured in training camp, especially for a young player, hurts, and her, it hurts it hurts Shumo Kiki bad. It, it was you know. He, he had the training camp with, with Clifford, missed some time early in the season in, in his rookie year. He had that, that I, I forget what it was, but he had an injury early in training camp and missed a good chunk of camp with Jamal Mosley. Um, and you know, his role, you know honestly, I, I, one criticism I think a lot of us have of Jamal Mosley was he really changed the way that Chumo Kiki was used last year. Chuma Okiki last year was almost exclusively a three-point shooter. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I know I've run through them before. Chuma Okiki really shot nothing but three-pointers last year. Um, it was like 70-80% of his total shots were three-pointers. Um, and he was really streaky. He had some some runs where he was really good at from beyond the arc and had some big games that way. Um, he had some runs where he really struggled to shoot. Um, and so... You know it, it, we, the theme. The theme of this season is going to be consistency. Is is you know I I I know I say this a lot on the podcast about the regular season. The regular season is about what can you do consistently on your worst night. Like you, when you're in on a long road trip in January, you're looking for home, but you need a win. What can you rely on no matter how tired you're playing? You know if your shots aren't falling, what can you rely on? What 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 can you do every single night, no matter what? You know, the Magic want that to be their defense, I think, more than anything else. And, and Chuma had a really good defensive season in a lot of ways. He was really active in passing lanes, was able to get steals, was just a, was a pretty solid defender, in a, especially a help defender in a lot of ways. Um, but offensively, you're right. There's just a lot of inconsistency. I think the Magic really struggled to get him going to the basket. I think he kind of settled for being a, a three-point shooter too much. Yeah. That was partly what his role was, but... Um, I think that Orlando has to find ways to diversify his game a little bit uh, and look for ways to diversify his game because he is a really dynamic, He can be a really dynamic player. But some of it, too, is just getting everything down, finding your fit, finding your comfort. And I think Chuma struggled with that, especially because he missed camp. Um, like Cole Anthony, I, I think you're right. Chuma, Chuma's going to have a weird year because Jonathan Isaac's going to need playing time. The Magic are going to play Jonathan Isaac this year if, if, when he, if, if and when he's healthy. Um, and so, he's healthy. he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm. I'm just put your out there. He's going to be playing on the first game. I, sure that, I, on the all indications that I've seen, and you know, again, that that's, that means nothing because it's not coming from the team. I would expect him to be ready for training camp. I, I don't see. Your, I, I've, I've heard and seen nothing to, to 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 dissuade me that he's going that he's going to be ready for camp. Um, you know, again, all signs seem to be pointing that way. That's I'm not reporting anything there. That's that's my gut gut what my gut's telling me. I am also an optimist. There's plenty of reason to think that he's not ready for camp because the Magic haven't announced he's ready for camp. Um, but uh, but yeah, when, whenever Jonathan Isaac comes back, I do expect him to play at some point this season. They're going to play him. It, it might be like Markel Fultz was last year and limited to at no more than 20 minutes per game, likely coming off the bench, likely no back-to-backs. Um, but that means like Chuma's rhythm is going to be disrupted because he's likely the guy that gets pushed out of the rotation so that Isaac can play. You know, depending on where they put Terrence Ross, depending on where they put some other guys, um Okiki is is kind of that odd man out. And so, you know, it, there's there's a lot of this problem on the Magic's roster. They have a lot of young guys that you want to see play, but they only have 48 minutes in the game to spread out between between everyone. So, uh, you know, or whatever I forget what the total numbers, I guess 240 minutes. They only have 240 minutes to dole out. So, not everyone's going to play every game. And I think one of the big storylines that we'll see throughout the course of the year is how does Jamal Mosley manage all this so that they can uh, fairly evaluate all these players and figure out who fits where.
2: How do you, how do you, this is my last question. I don't know if somebody else is trying to speak
1: right no, now. No, no, no worries. Uh, I, um, they understand.
2: <laughs> how do you feel about Mosley's last season? Right? Comparison with Clifford, obviously they're two different coaches. You know, Clifford was big on D and, and, and playing the Vets. Over the youth, but what are you thinking about Jamal?
1: You know, I thought I thought that um, a he looked like a rookie coach at times. Like you could tell he was kind of figure he was kind of learning how to how to be a head coach. Um, You know, there there were rotation decisions early in the year that felt a little bit off. Um, You know, there there were a few toward the end of the season that felt a bit off, but that was probably not necessarily him. Um, you know, I think he. You know, like the New. A lot of people criticized him for the New Orleans game. I actually liked the decision in the New Orleans game when he kept his bench unit in to to close that game, stole some extra rest, um, and, and they were able to get the win. That same decision backfired on him in Cleveland. Uh, again, I, I think it was. I think that was a little bit of a clearer decision on, on that front. Um, you know, strategically, I think there were there were some things. I think, I think he coached for a bigger purpose. So I don't always think he was necessarily coaching to win. He was coached. He was kind of coaching the team he wants them to become, not necessarily the team they are. If that makes sense, um, but it was all to serve like kind of a bigger purpose. And you know, one thing I think you got to give Mosley credit for is everyone stuck together the entire year. It, it never felt like there were any fractures, that anyone was discouraged or dispirited by the losing. They they all believe in that bigger that bigger picture and that bigger idea that this franchise and this organization has. You can hear you know whenever anyone talks about it. Our friends at the Ozone Podcast had Devin Kennedy. Uh, on the, on their show um, earlier this week, you could hear Devin say it like how much he believes in what the Magic are building. Everyone talks about how much they really want to be a part of this, and and I think it's it does say something that they got Gary Harris back, that they got Mobamba back. Um, you know, even on team friendly deals, they all want to see what this becomes, and and I think Jamal Mosley deserves a lot of credit in that because last year would have been real easy for everyone to break apart 22 win season one of the worst records in the league for a second straight year it would have been real easy for everyone to just kind of pack it in and, and honestly toward the end of the season it really did feel like the magic were playing some of their best basketball and and, and put themselves in a position where where they where they could win and, and they could make progress so you know I, I think Mosley will get better um now that he has a year under his belt I think his practices and his training camps and and some of the decisions he makes on the bench will be much cleaner and much much better. You hope to see that. Um, you know, I think the team will execute a lot better because now they know what to expect from him as well. And, you know, I think the vibes that this team is giving off, you know, before even before getting Paolo, the vibes this team was giving off suggested like, okay, this is a group that's really bought in, and I think that's a credit to the coach.
2: Hey, man. I I appreciate you, man. No, no worries, no worries. Next
1: up. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. No worries. Next up, next up. Let's let's hear from uh, from, from Dylan Holden. Then, uh, as as he uh, jumps jumps in here, uh, Dylan, how's it going, man? Dylan, you there? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was on mute. It's all good. It's all good. We've all been there, my man. Oh, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing Uh, good. I I got a couple questions. My first
3: one is, uh, I know nobody wants to talk about tanking. Uh, We're all excited for the season, as we should be. Um, But then you hear Jeff and John talk, and they say, uh, we're not rushing back to the middle. Well, the middle to me feels like playing. So uh, I just kind of wondering how you feel about that, and uh, my second question would be, um, what are your expectations uh, for Jalen Suggs? I know for myself, I feel like he's been probably the most slept-on player this offseason, So I was just interested in your
1: take. Yeah. Um. So kind of on that on that thought about rushing back to the middle. Um. From Jeff and John, uh, from Jeff Wilman and John Hammond. Um. I think that's more about player acquisitions. So you know they're not looking to go you know to to expend all their assets you know to go get a Donovan Mitchells you know again maybe that's not the right comparison or to go get a Russell Westbrook for instance that'll get them into the playoffs but won't necessarily have them advancing beyond that um you know I think you know I, I got this I got this a lot from people uh when uh, when the magic were in the playoffs in 2019 or 2020 it was just like yeah it, it's great we're in the playoffs but this team isn't going anywhere like Nikola Vucevic Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, they're not taking you beyond the first round. And, you know, like, I, I know I said this after the 2019 playoffs. I was like, you know, what needs to happen in 2020 is Nikola Vucevic needs to hand kind of the keys to Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon needs to be the guy driving the bus. And when that didn't Man, happen. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, when that didn't happen and, you know, the Magic had a decent 2020 season. They got back to the playoffs. They were, to, to me, still a clear playoff team. But you, we all kind of knew, even if that team was healthy in the bubble, that they weren't getting past the first round. They weren't beating the Bucks, you know, as, as well as they played them. They, they weren't beating any of those top four teams. Um, right. you know, I mean, even shout to, out to DJ Augustine. Shout out to DJ Augustine, yeah. Ex- yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, that team had a ceiling. And so when, when I think Jeff and John talk about getting back to the middle, if this team gets to the play-in tournament, um, that's not being stuck in the middle. That's if this for this team to get to the play-in tournament for this team to make the playoffs this year, that means Paolo Bancaro, their draft pick, had a really good season. Um, he's a rookie. That means Franz Wagner had a really good season. That means you know Markel. That means a lot of guys had really good seasons, and we're talking about young guys that aren't that don't have that aren't near the peak of their careers. So, you know Nikola Vucevic, the Magic sold him at the peak of his career, at, at the peak of his value. Aaron Gordon. It you know wasn't at at maybe the top of his career at the top of his career arc yet, but he's pretty close. Evan Fournier is probably starting to come down off his, off his peak. So you kind of understood with the 19 and 20 teams that you know unless Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac really took over, they weren't getting past the first round. They were they were stuck in the middle. And and I, I know I said this all the time. You're not stuck in the middle until you don't have a way forward, until you don't have a way to get better, and you're just kind of spinning your wheels because you've got a team that's good enough to make the playoffs but not good enough to advance. If this year's Magic team makes the playoffs, if this year's Magic team makes the play-in, they're not stuck in the middle. Paolo Banquero is going to be better as a second-year player than he is as a rookie. Jalen Suggs will be better this year than he was last year. Franz Wagner, we're already seeing in Eurobasket, Is better this year, better now than he was at the end of the season. As long as the team has the ability to get better, they are not stuck in the middle. And very clearly, like this, this team has a lot of young talent that we're really excited about. You know, again, I want to amend a little bit what I said. Like, I'm expecting this team ultimately to fall in the 28 to 32, 33 win range, but there is absolutely a universe. This team absolutely has the talent. That if everything breaks right, if Paolo's better than we think he is, if Suggs is better than we think he is, if Isaac's healthy and better than we think he is, if Fultz is better than we think he is, if, if and, and if they're all capable of being better than we think they are, this team absolutely has the talent to make the playoffs. It wouldn't, it, you know, it would be surprising, but it wouldn't be, it would be unexpected, but not surprising if this team makes the playoffs. If the, if that distinction makes sense, um, this right. team and obviously if they fall worry
3: about the front office kind of stepping in and saying, you know what, guys, we might need to win 25
1: games instead of 28. Yeah, ex- 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 exactly. That's why, that's, that's, that's why, you know, I, I think 30 is my goal for the season, but secretly it's they're probably going to win like 26, 28 games because they're going to spend the last two weeks of the season not caring. Um, but to, to, to that point, like, again, like, this front office isn't going to look at a 32-win season where, you know, maybe they finish eight games from the play-in tournament uh, and still like thir- you know, 12th, 13th in the East, they're not going to look at the at, at, at that kind of a season and say, oh, we got to do something fast. Our jobs are in jeopardy. We got to go get a star. We got to go trade Victor Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. That's that's the kind of move that Jeff Waltman and John Hammond are looking to avoid, and that's what they mean by we're not trying to rush back to the middle. They are trying to grow this organically, and, and really, again, all they want to see is growth. All they want to see is that progress. They want to see what this thing kind of looks like and have a better idea of what this looks like as they take that important next step forward so you know again I, I think this I do I agree I agree with what everyone's saying I think this team is on the right track and making the right steps forward um but again it's it's this team is just so young this has still one of my big concerns they need a veteran guy to kind of kind of really show them the way and Gary Harris is good at that Terrence Ross is good at that um, if they do want to take a more sizable leap, they got to go find a horse grant that'll really show them how to win.
3: Right. And I guess my concern as a fan too, is that, you know, with this draft
1: being so good, it's like, if if 32 wins is going to knock me out of the temptations there, man. Yeah. I'd rather, you know,
3: be in the draft situation, but uh, just getting to my second question, because I know some other people probably want to talk. How do you feel about Jalen?
1: You know, Jalen, I'm, I'm interested to see what Jalen does this, 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 this season. Um, you know, I, I would say at draft night, I probably thought he was going to be like uh, the next coming, you know, I I, I know I said this, I, I still believe this, Jalen Suggs is probably the most talented guard prospect the Magic have drafted since Penny Hardaway, and, and those are unfair expectations to put on him, but that's the kind of player the Magic have been missing. They do, they have not had a guard or a wing player who can attack off the dribble the way that Jalen Suggs can. Um I, I think Jalen Suggs will show plenty of signs uh, of growth. I think his shooting will be better. It almost can't be worse. Um, I think, more importantly, he'll be more effective finishing at the basket. Uh, so, But really, I think it's all going to come down to whether he's slowed down, um, especially offensively, whether he uh, can play with patience and play with poison. And, and if he can do that, the, everything's going to open up for him because he is a really gifted pl- playmaker and passer. Um, he showed that throughout the course of last season. It was just it almost always felt like when he got to the basket he got so excited he was at the basket so quickly that he overcooked and you know over rotated his shot and missed missed a lot of shots that way. Um, he can get to the basket anytime he wants so it's really uh, to me for it's really just about him slowing down. Um, I would say I've kind of downgraded his expectation to being a Marcus Smart type. Um, if he can just be an ace defender, a guy who can consistently hit enough three point shots to keep the defense honest and then get to the basket when the lane opens up. That's a that's a really good player and again, maybe not the player we all imagine but that's a really good player and if he can get to that this year then we could start building upon that and getting to the next steps moving forward and, and say like okay we have a potential starting point guard potential starting shooting guard in our pocket already that really fits what we want to do so uh, you know i i i'm more disappointed about the injury and, and it sounds like the surgery recovery went pretty quickly and he's back on the floor working on his game now um, that's still a lot of lost time though uh, because you know your summer after your first season is is just so important, and and having a healthy training camp is really important. And you know I think with Suggs, the way that he plays, especially he's kind of you know balls to the wall, uh, you know going out there. Um, injuries are always going to be a concern with him, and and I think he's got to stay healthy to kind of to to cement the gains that that he can make. Right. Um, that
3: that's kind of disappointing though that you kind of downgraded him so. You don't see a superstar anymore. You just see really good.
1: Yeah, that yeah. Be bad, but I would be a
3: little disappointed.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've kind of downgraded him from surefire all star to you know maybe he makes a, an all star game or two type guy. Like I, the the, the potential is still there, but you know, like I said, like like I said earlier in the Twitter spaces, you know, I, I looked early on in the season at you know kind of comparables for Jalen Suggs and some other guards who I remembered struggling early in their in their rookie years and each one of them had these big burst games early on in their careers, um, like within the first two, three weeks of the season. Jalen Suggs had a really nice game at New York, um, and, and I think that game against the Knicks, when he hit a couple threes, had that nice steal and pass that that led to that win, that felt that, that if, if Suggs can have more games like that one, you know, I don't know if that's his peak, but that, that's where he needs to get at on a consistent level, where he's having games like that night in New York. And if he can get there... Then we can start talking about the next step. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Magic. We will have part three of our Twitter Spaces. Coming up on Friday, um, that one will also be pre-scheduled. So, you know, I'm going to do a quick change and, and pretend like it's a different day here uh, just to confuse people. Um, but you can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philipr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. you're tune in to Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the phone places on you know, the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Definitely be sure to follow that um, as I will be out of town for the next week. Um, there will be new episodes, but they will be from the past, so there won't be any breaking news or new news items in those episodes unless something really crazy happens, and I have to report something very, very quickly. Um, but otherwise, Orlando Magic Daily is your place to go uh, to get the latest on the Orlando Magic in the next week. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out Locked On NBA for all the latest news and rumors around the league still going five days strong, even here through the NBA desert. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Go City! Vamos, Orlando! Congratulations on the best open cup. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members!